Good morning and welcome to episode 62 of the Quickie Podcast. Thanks for being here, everybody. This is a jam-packed episode. Another one. Just bringing it. Exciting times. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Anna Mangote-Baluca. And yes, I worked on that pronunciation. She is a freelance designer, an industrial designer, and the owner of Stuff by Anna. She loves to create. She's currently in New York City, but she was born in the Philippines. Her father was an engineer, and she talks to us about the moment that she was turned on to design during high school. And teaser, architecture was the gateway. She studied in London and learned about Banksy while she was there, and she talks about the influence of Banksy on her career. Anna also tells us about something I'd never heard of, which is called the cut and fold exercise, where you take a flat piece of paper and create something just by cutting and folding, but like the non-kid version of that, the adult version of that, for, for lack of a better term. Anna also tells us about the art show she was a part of called Data Through Design, which was located at the New Lab out in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Tells us all about that and a really inspiring design competition that she was a part of that turned into more of a design exercise than a competition. And she tells us about that. I had a great time talking with Anna. I'm so excited to bring you guys this interview. So let's get to it. Ladies and gentlemen, Anna Mangote Baluka, here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Good morning, Anna. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. I want to show you that I got this. So, Anna Mengote Baluka. Yes. Perfect. Anna, are you ready for the quickie podcast this morning? I am. All right, let's get into it. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. I'm Anna. Um, I'm a freelance designer currently based in New York. I work um, on mainly like branding, creative direction, some product design. Um, And I also have my own jewelry brand called Stuff by Anna. Perfect. And how long have you been in New York for now? I've been in New York for a year. I just finished a program um, at Columbia University uh, for urban studies. And so right now it's kind of like I'm in that phase where I'm just looking for new opportunities or collaborations on mm-hmm. what might pop up. So you went to school there, you learned a little bit more stuff, and now you're looking to implement that stuff. Yes, exactly. Perfect. And before New York, where were you? So actually, before New York, I was in the Philippines for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wasn't really doing much there. Um, I was kind of gauging what the design community is like mm-hmm. um, back there. Because um, I had this, like, I don't know if this is true for everybody. But for me, um, when I got into design, it wasn't so much as like, oh, I want to work for this and this company it's more of like 
I have this project in mind and I want to know how to do it mm-hmm. <laughs> is what happened. And um, the projects that I'm thinking of always usually revolve around um, the Filipino community, like Manila specifically. Okay. Um, and so in 2017, um, I decided to just kind of like take the plunge and go back there and see what it's like mm-hmm. as far as like their, their own processes and how things are created stuff like that so kind of dove into a little bit of the design industry back there got it very cool and what did you find by diving into the industry back there (laughs) so i'm going off i'm going off script here no 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 no. um it's great um what i found is that um we have a lot of manufacturing in the philippines for furniture Mm -hmm. so that was um that was a very pleasant surprise because i do furniture design too and Mm -hmm. when i was there i actually won a design award um for furniture design good for you but um another thing that i found is that a lot of the projects that i want to eventually implement are bigger scale Mm -hmm. like city-wide projects and that's just it's a totally different beast than um than what i'm used to in in the in the u.s Mm (laughs) um and which led to my decision of going to school here in New York for urban studies, just kind of to learn a little bit more on like what policies are, um, how do you design a city, how do you build infrastructure, things like that. Interesting. All right. So I want to go back even further than that and ask you about your childhood. What was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it that way? Um, so I... So I grew up in the Philippines up until I was 12, 13, mm-hmm. and then we moved to Seattle. Um, I don't think that I particularly had a creative childhood, but then when I think about it now, I think that there were elements to it that are like the typical design childhood. Mm-hmm. But those moments for me were more of like piggybacking off of my brother's toys okay. rather than rather than my stuff. Um because I, I was the only girl in the family, so all of my toys were, like, very gendered. Yes. Um, like, yeah. I did ballet, and then, my, like, my room was, like, filled with, filled with, like, dolls. Like, those are all my toys. But mm-hmm. I actually particularly enjoyed working with my brother's Legos and their model cars. And those were the toys that I remember playing with rather than, like, playing with my Barbie dolls. Gotcha. So... I want to, what was the moment then that you started heading in the sort of creative career direction? Was there a sort of specific moment where you got turned on to design? Yeah, I think definitely for me, yes. Um, Because growing up, my mind worked more technically, like Uh I was more into science and math. And my dad's an engineer. So I always thought that I would be in engineering. Okay. But in high school, there was this program here where they link you up with internships, professional internships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took advantage of that. But instead of just saying that I was interested in like engineering, at that point, it was like civil and environmental engineering. Okay. Um, I also checked up architecture <laughs> yep. as like possible placements. And they placed me at an architecture firm called um, Baya Suzuki, and they have an office in Vancouver, I believe, and also in Seattle. Cool. Um, 
So I was their high school intern. And that was the moment that I really was, like, I saw the sign for the first time, I think in a more meaningful way, um, and decided that I really wanted to be more in the architecture side of building a building rather than in the engineering part of it. Yeah, you know, that's so interesting hearing that because there's so many guests that I've talked to that have architecture that is either an influence in their career or a inspiration to their career or a source of um, source of ideas. Um, you know, there's, it, it, architecture seems to be intertwined with graphic designers, illustrators in so many different ways. Yeah, I think I think it's maybe this is just a theory, but I think that it's the scale of it. Mm-hmm. Because in some ways, it's just so obvious to you, you know, like you live in a building and you know and feel what's comfortable or how the space works Mm -hmm. rather than if you were just like, say, looking at an illustration, you know, like I think architecture is more of like in your face design. Mm -hmm. No, totally true. But I can really see the relationship between industrial design and architecture because, you know, you're more it sort of focuses on making things rather than, um, you know, a logo or, or a website or something like that. Right. So I make that connection, but it's interesting how broad the, the connection between architecture and all levels of design is. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the mother of design in some ways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So do you think architecture was sort of the first time that you started to notice design out in the world or was there something else that you first saw? I think that um, architecture was the first time that I was able to define things as design. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that before that, I've always noticed objects, but not necessarily thought of them as designed objects. Like I think that um, I think that I came from a very technical background in which engineering is more of the. Um, is how we would describe things rather than a design. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes any sense, you know, like like a car is engineered instead of design. Um, and yet, like whenever I would travel, for example, I would notice the details on like oh, like the the spotlights and airplane interiors, for example. The first time I was on a flight, like I was amazed at why it was just directed to literally just your seat instead of like the people next to you too mm-hmm. and um i thought that was a really cool design feature and of course i was very young but like in my family we would describe that as something that was engineered rather mm-hmm. than something that was designed um so i think that when i was in high school working for the working for via um that was when i was able to distinguish the difference um yeah Got it. So what, I'm curious now, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something you've seen or something that you've been a part of? Something that I've seen, I think it, I think, (laughs) um, as far as like, oh, I think that that's good design sort of stuff in, in industrial design, I would definitely think it's almost anything regarding travel. Okay. Um, I think that when I'm traveling, I, I pay a little bit more attention to comfort or maybe not pay a little bit more attention to comfort, but more of um, 
I I am able to see when something isn't working a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You're really paying clearly. attention to the experience. Right, right, right. Rather than just like your every, like your day-to-day type of thing. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing, when it comes to graphic design, something that's like been really influential to me is actually like, I think uh, Banksy's works. Oh, cool. Um, yep. I was studying in London um, in 2007 to 2009, and one of my roommates had um, his book, and I didn't know him then, but <laughs> London is a great place to get to know Banksy, and I think <laughs> that um, I saw one of his pieces um, when we had a cruise on the Thames, and I believe it was like the rat, and like from that from that day on I started like looking at books for Banksy and I was just so like like he just had this way of communicating something in such a powerful and impactful way but still very like simplistic in a sense mm-hmm. um, and all of it to me is kind of like for some reason I always thought that Banksy was kind of the um he represented what I wanted to be as a designer. Like I wanted to have that in your face voice Mm -hmm. (laughs) in a way, Um, but do it very like beautifully and still like super thoughtful. Mm -hmm. So would you say that Banksy then based on all of that, you know, experience and how that was, you know, a really influential creator for you. um, Do you think he would be a designer that you look up to and closely follow yeah yeah definitely um i i follow i definitely follow banksy um and i really look up to him or her (laughs) um like i i would say that i probably watch maybe 90 percent of like documentaries or you know like about him Mm -hmm. um and street art doesn't have that impact on me as much as his work does Cool. Yeah. So I want to ask you a little bit about your process then, your design process. Um, Can you tell us a bit about it and what makes your process unique? Um, I'm not so sure my process is very unique. (laughs) I think that um, it it depends on the project. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, for... Uh, for my brand, for Stuff by Anna, it's it's usually that like I would just think of something cool, mm-hmm. like oh, what if this is done in this way, or something, and then just kind of explore on that. Um, when I'm working on ID, like tactile products, I really like being in a shop and yes. um, definitely using sketch models. Um, I really like this exercise of making sketch models out of paper. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys do this or if I'm the only one who does this, but um, one of the, um, when I was studying in London, one of my professors, we had this exercise of that's just like cut and fold. Um, and all you have to do is like, you start with just like a blank sheet of um, white paper mm-hmm. and you just cut it strategically or fold it fold it strategically or or you can do both and then see what sort of form um 
comes from that when you fold it or cut it. And it could be very, it it could turn out to be very three-dimensional. So I, I always thought that that process is kind of like really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds cool. And so it's basically, a, you know, an exercise where you take the flat piece of paper and try and create something unique just by cutting and folding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's actually a tiny little book that um, called Paper Architecture. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's right. I have to look it up now. Hmm. But yeah, where um, maybe they do this in like the architecture world. I'm, I'm not actually sure because I haven't, you know, like I haven't gone through the process of getting an M arc. Mm-hmm. But um, like doing like really quick iterations of sketch models, I think is very helpful when you're um, trying to make something tactile just to see how much space something is eventually going to take up. Yeah, for sure. That's a good angle to go. So the next couple of questions I have for you go back to parts in your career where you maybe struggled a little bit, learned some lessons and sort of came out from that um, with more experience and, you know, a a newer way to look at different design situations. Um, But I turn it around and we end on a positive note, I promise. Um, So what's been the most challenging time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? Um, I was fortunate enough to get out of school and work at a wearable tech startup. Okay. Um, And I think that that's the most challenging part of my career so far. And it's probably the most rewarding also. Um, I think that just working for a startup company is always going to be challenging in different levels. And um, I was with this company for like, two-ish years mm-hmm. um it eventually didn't have funding is what happened um so that was very challenging in that part because the, we were restricted to do models or to design based on the budget or we would come up with a lot of ideas and that eventually we couldn't afford to pursue mm-hmm. um so it's it's an endless cycle of iteration, which I know that design is supposed to be like that. But if you are um, working in something like wearable technology, where you really have to keep up with what's going on and what everybody else is developing, I think it adds a lot more stress. And we had a team of like five people. Wow. So a really small team to really put, pull this together. Yeah, and I was like, and I was a designer, and we had three engineers, and that was our team. Um, so it was a lot of long hours, um, a lot of it's. It was just like a new challenge every day. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it 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 was very exciting. I think that the the part of it that was very challenging was, in some ways having a lot of vision and being very, very limited on what you can execute based on whether investors are actually going to sign in or maybe they changed their mind and then they're pulling out the plug, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very like in a world that could change from hour to hour almost. Yeah. It was the, yeah, definitely a roller coaster ride. Like there, there, I think that there was one summer where we got, um, we all we got we got a really big partnership with a consumer electronics brand, and then like two months later they pulled out. So then it was just kind of like, 
oh, like that was a really good high to write for two months. Yeah. But so it was just a very uncertain um, environment. Mm-hmm. And so how did you get through that? You just kept working, kept grinding every single day, but then at some point the company shut down? Yeah, yeah. And I was working, all of us, the team was all working, even when we weren't really sure whether or not we were getting paid, just because we we really liked our product and we wanted to see it develop. And I think that we were working on something that was meaningful and we think was very impactful so we wanted to pursue it as much as possible Mm -hmm. um so when it just didn't succeed in that way or at that time i think that every everyone was just a little bit heartbroken yeah for sure so is there a specific design or project then that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result and what was that like that didn't go well (laughs) um i think that would probably be one example, but um, I I think that generally I always look back to my projects thinking that there could be something better, like mm-hmm. that I would have done differently. Um, one of the most recent ones is um, I had an art exhibit here um, back in February, um, but being that I I'm new in the city. I didn't really have a lot of friends that Mm -hmm. could help or the ones that do have, you know, like nine to five jobs. And I just, I was not very happy with the installation that I did or like I question whether or not I'm happy with it. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, I think that um, the team, the organizers for the exhibit really helped me out and just like finishing it. And um, that was kind of really when I not necessarily realized that it was um, I was able to reconcile with finished is better than perfect. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So so it's like looking back now, it's like, oh, maybe I could sleep two hours a day instead of like four and it would have made it a little bit better. But um, I think I think that that's a skill that designers should just should try to learn to kind of adapt to is um not be too hard on yourself oh what a challenge very challenging like i think we're our worst critiques right Mm -hmm. um tell me a little bit about that uh the art exhibition that you were part of oh no (laughs) yeah um it was um it was actually like a really um I was very, very flattered that I was able to join this, but it's um, it's called Data Through Design. Um, it was hosted by the New York City Data Event, Data Analytics. Mm-hmm. Um, I just submitted a, a proposal. So I've been working on air pollution <laughs> in the Bronx. Um, this was part of my studio class at Columbia, um, where we studied. Well, we just we just kind of researched the area of Port Morris. Um, it's in the South South Bronx. Um, but I found some very interesting statistics, statistics which is that um, there's, like, the asthma rates in, in New York City, one out of four people that die out of, like, an asthma-related um, death is um, someone that lives in that area. So I thought that that was just kind of, like, a good research question and Mm -hmm. when i went there 
um, the things that you can see is that there's a lot of tra- truck traffic that idles and it's like um, bordered by a large freeway. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can feel that you can't breathe <laughs> a little bit, really? but you can't see it. So this art exhibit was trying to visualize how you can see air pollution by um, basically mimicking what air pollution how, or like kind of mimicking, mimicking how claustrophobic it might be in a space by hanging a bunch of like spherical balls that are meant to represent um, what how heavy the impact of like that one air molecule is. Interesting. Yeah, well, this is the concepts. I think, like, when I think about it, I think that, like, I, I love the concept. I think that, um, the, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I just think that I could have done better, um, in building it and fabricating it. Mm-hmm. And that was called data through design. Yeah, they do a call for proposal every year, um, and they're partnered with the with the New York City. Um, analytics team or some, something like that because mm-hmm. the cities all like they have an open data system where any data that you want to find out in the city is just like on a website oh, you can cool. download like all these data sets it's crazy um and where was the event held um it was held at new lab and it was the coolest um space in um it's in the brooklyn navy yard Cool. And they have all of these like upcoming startups in that area. What a cool area. Yeah. 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 My wife and I were in uh, New York. Goodness, it's two years ago now. Um, but we loved it. We were staying in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. Oh, I think it's close there. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's somewhere near there. Um, yeah. And then, but we just loved the area, loved the vibe. And, you know, going into the the Navy Yard where there's the startups and, and all that kind of thing. You just, you feel the energy and the excitement. Yeah. 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 That's where it was. It was it, yeah. Um, so what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Right now? I think, um, I, I think that I'm struggling in defining what my next step is. <laughs> um, I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm struggling with like strategizing on like how to move forward. Goodness, aren't we um, all? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm not sure if I'm alone in this, but I think that designers always have a side hustle or a side project, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a little passion project. In, yeah. <laughs> and they like even your nine to five would ask if you've been working on one or it's almost like mandatory that you need to have one. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm in that phase where I'm not sure if it's time to take a leap of faith and just go all in or I at the same time I feel like because my work experience has been mainly for startups, mm-hmm. I'm kind of um I'm very intrigued and interested in working for a big corporation. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just a sort Just, of change of environment. Yeah. And I think that I can learn a lot from it, like on how design teams are, like how design teams function when there's like a hundred designers instead of like one. Um, mm-hmm. So, so I'm really struggling on, um, on, on that in like, I just, I can't see the next step. Like, I feel like I'm always looking at, like, five years ahead, and Mm -hmm. I know what that might look like, but I don't know exactly which of this task to do in order to get there. Got it. That's a tough one. Um, 
now I want to go to a project that you've been a part of that you're the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing or the biggest design feather in your cap. Tell us about that project. Um, I think that the project that I just absolutely adore would be the the design competition that I held with the board members of the Northwest chapter of IDSA in 2016. Okay. Um, it's called I'm Visible, and it was this campaign that we did uh, for Seattle Design Festival. Basically, we had um, an installation, but in that installation, what we wanted to do was to rally the design community into thinking on like ways to um, make the lives of people experiencing homelessness a little bit easier. Because mm-hmm. um, Seattle Design Festival usually have themes, and I forgot what the theme was that that year, but we thought that we wanted to to do something with our platform. But um, so we so for this whole competition, it was like probably like three to four months process where we held different events of like, you know, like sip and sketch and like workshops on how to like design thinking so that people mm-hmm. can partake. But my favorite part of the project actually wasn't the competition itself. It was because um, me and um, my colleague Liberty, we had this super secret project um, alongside it which is basically that we didn't want to just host a competition we kind of we want to we want to put oh how do you say it um like we actually want to take action also Mm -hmm. instead of just telling people oh design something you know like we we wanted to do something so we created some um hacks on like how to (laughs) um on how we would solve for this design problem which mm-hmm. um one of the things is that we filled um empty newsstands all over the city uh with packages of like basic goods uh that people could just take from mm-hmm. and maybe people could leave things um and then like there, there's like three different projects for this thing but i really enjoyed it because it was just kind of like <laughs> things were questionably legal in a way um <laughs> and and uh, we really weren't sure whether or not we were going to get in trouble and we actually did get an email from the owner of the newsstand saying to like take out all of these donations um by the weekend but i was really happy about it because five or six months later i saw this tiny um newsstand looking thing next to other newsstands which is um it's it's like a donation box Mm -hmm. for socks and i took a picture of it and i was just like i don't know if this was like um like if they ever saw what we did for i'm visible like our hack of our newsstands but i i thought that we were kind of doing something that is similar to what other people are doing or maybe inspired what other people mm-hmm. are doing. So I thought that that was really cool. So you have this passion for community design, city design, and how to solve the problems within that environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I definitely, what I'm hearing from you. I, yeah, I definitely do. Um, in When I moved back to Manila, I think that that's when... I specifically told myself that the projects that I would do from now on, even for freelancing, would always have some sort of um, impact in like 
towards social equity. Mm-hmm. So I only work with um, nonprofits now or small business enterprises that are um, that have minority or women-owned businesses. Very cool. So I've got a couple of last questions for you before I wrap up. But what is one design, product, tool, website, or community that you just can't live without? Um, I think <laughs> Moleskin notebooks is something I've had ever oh, since. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's a very like typical designer thing. Um, another one would be Monocle magazines, um, and like coffee. Like those are like the three things that like always on my desk. Perfect. Those are great ones for sure. Um, Anna, to wrap up this one, I've got the ask it forward question. So this is a part of the show where I've got a question from my previous guest to ask you and you get an opportunity to ask a question of the next guest. Okay. So my previous guest was Scott Fuller. He's a designer and illustrator from Studio Temporary out of Atlanta, Georgia. And he wanted to ask you, what is your biggest regret in your design career? Oh my gosh. What is my biggest regret? Um, I think for me, I never pursued architecture, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if it was the, I, even if it was like the actual field that got me into design. Yeah, but it's I, kind I of been on the peripheral. It. <laughs> yeah so in some ways I like I think about it and I always consider it again moving forward I'm not sure if it's like a full-on regret but it's definitely always been in the back burner of my mind of like should I go keep doing this or not hmm. I have plenty of time left to figure it out oh man <laughs> Anna, what is your question that you would like me to ask the next guest? I'm not going to tell you who it, who it is, but you can ask them anything. Okay. Does it have to be design related? It's whatever you want. It can be design related or it could be what's your worst haircut. <laughs> okay. So we'll try to make this design specific, but if they can't answer it specifically for design, it could be broad. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, to, I want to ask or ask them to tell me something that that is true in design or or in general, but that n- almost nobody agrees with them on. Does that make sense? Yeah. So tell us something that you believe is true in design, but nobody would agree with you on. Yes. Mm, I like it. Great question, Anna. You made it to the end. Congratulations. Yay. (laughs) That was great, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate your time. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate your time and have an awesome day. And also, I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.